Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Terrio Media. So you want to be a real estate investor, but you don't want to do the work. If there were only a way where someone else could do it for you, now there is. Tune in here each and every Tuesday on the Epic Real Estate Investing Show for Turnkey Tuesdays with your host, Mercedes Torres. Hello and welcome. Welcome to Turnkey Tuesdays brought to you by Epic Real Estate Investing. My name is Mercedes Torres, your turnkey girl, and I am lucky enough to be partners in crime with Mr. Matt Terrio, the guy who created the Epic Real Estate Empire. I help busy professionals create passive income through real estate investing so they don't have to work so hard and maybe even retire sooner. So I created the show to share real life real estate experiences so that you too can create passive income in your world. That said, welcome to Turnkey Tuesdays on the Epic Real Estate Investing Podcast. This week, I have someone super amazing to share with you. You know, I I often share with you that I am a big fan of coaches. I'm a big fan of mastermind groups. And I'm a big fan of just groups in general where you connect with people that have like minds. And whether that's a group in your, I don't know, underwater basket weaving section of your life, or whether it's real estate or whether it's hiking, it's always amazing to connect with people that not only share the same thoughts that you might have, but may not share the same thoughts on the same topic that you might have. So I was part of a women's group. And the best thing of women's groups is that women get together. And I feel like we share freely. And the best part of these groups is that you create the most amazing connections. And it's always kind of a win-win type of situation where you're in this group to get something out of it. And she's or he is in a group to get something out of it. And then you collaborate and just magic happens. So who I invited to share and collaborate on our podcast this week is an amazing young lady. I will say young lady. (laughs) She is a real estate investing scaler. She's an expert at helping people just advance their financial position in life. She is a real estate investor herself, originally living in Los Angeles, California, and just recently moved to Texas. So without further ado, I'm going to let her just share who she is and then just grace us with the amazing energy that she has, 
but more so the brain power that she has. So welcome to the show, Miss Tamar Hermes. Tamar, how are you today, girl? Oh, thank you, Mercedes. What an incredible introduction. And I love all the words of wisdom you already imparted in terms of connection and groups and how we can meet people and really how we do business and how we scale and grow and meet our business partners. Oftentimes, people will ask me, how did you find that deal? How did you make that that partnership? And it really is all about listening to other people and networking and engaging. And that's also the juice of life. So I love that. And uh, yes, there's so much I can share about my story, but uh, we're here to give whatever value we can to everyone. I'm so excited to share. I live now in Austin, Texas. I love it. It's a great place to invest. It's a great place to live and to enjoy. There's so much energy here. All our bars are opening back up and uh, we're and music is coming. So we're, we're pretty happy. So tell me, are you originally from California? Yes, I'm a California girl. Most people think I'm from New York because I speak fast and I like to move quickly, but uh, I'm actually a Southern California gal and I had uh, really been craving a different environment. So uh, like, unlike uh, a lot of other people, right? Because no one's moving to Texas right now. I moved to Austin and no one wants to move to Austin. Very unique. Wow. Well, why? Um, I know we talked on this personally, but why did you want to leave California? Well, there's so many reasons. Yeah. I left California just 18 months ago and I'm quote unquote a native. I, I got there. I was born there and then I lived in Puerto Rico and then I came back. But I mean, I couldn't wait to get out of California. So why did you leave California? So for me, I'm someone that craves variety in life. And I feel like we can only have so many experiences on our journey because we have an, a finite amount of time. And on one hand, we can look at it and think, wow, we have a long time in our world. But on the other hand, we don't. And for me, I had already experienced Southern California and I had the sunshine and I had Malibu and we had those days. So I was ready for something new. I also was ready for no state taxes. I was ready to own properties where, uh, where I wasn't um, being told by the city uh, how I could um, charge rents. I was also, um, I was ready for an experience also that, and this is sort of a, like a, a genuine part of it, that got me away from my childhood because I didn't actually, even though this is, you know, Mercedes and I are jamming and we're have a great life here, but my childhood wasn't that great. I grew up, uh, I was poor. My father was a Holocaust survivor. My mom was an immigrant from Israel. And it was really kind of a struggle growing up. And I kind of had these memories that I think were embedded in that experience of being from Southern California. So for me, I always kind of wanted to create something new. I had moved away several times and this was kind of the permanent time where my kids were in a good place where we could make a transition and my husband was on board and we just, we just went for it. Wow. That's awesome. Funny. You tapped on, you know, why specifically you, you left and you said one of the things was state taxes. That's exactly why I left. I couldn't handle the state tax. And I couldn't even handle the traffic anymore. I mean, useless information, but I went to UCLA and at the time I was living in Orange County. And when I started UCLA, my commute from Irvine, California to UCLA was probably about a 45 minute commute at that time when I started. I'm aging myself here. I went to 
Europe to go uh, to school. I studied abroad for two and a half years. When I came back, that same commute was an hour and a half. It was just pathetic. And it just kept getting worse, worse, and worse. And then over time, I realized I wasn't even visiting my friends who lived in Hermosa Beach or Calabasas because the commute to them was a two-hour commute a day. And I was just like, okay, enough is enough. We're out of here. And so we left right before COVID, thankfully. So uh, thank you for sharing. Anyway, I I wanted to um, have you grace us with, you just speak on so many amazing topics, but the one thing that really caught my attention, and I preach this to my listener all the time, is know your numbers. And we talk about knowing your numbers in real estate generally, but I really wanted to talk about a specific number, which is your financial freedom number. Because people have different definitions of, first and foremost, what financial freedom means to you, um, as they should. And then they have different categories of numbers. So I really wanted you to come on here and share about that specifically, a financial freedom number. Let's dive into that topic. Yeah, absolutely. And I love this. And the reason why we started, Mercedes, you and I started talking about this is because recently I've been connecting with the idea that a lot of my clients, a lot of women that I know, a lot of men that I know really don't know where they're heading. So we know we're buying properties. We know we're cash flowing. We know we're replacing income. And ultimately we might, we will have choices whether or not we want to work, which is fabulous. But we oftentimes don't understand what the finish line is. And as a result, the stress that we have in our day-to-day life and our businesses and our, our, our employment is still pretty stressful because while we might have $10,000, $20,000 cash flow, we might want 40, but we don't really even know why we want 40 or do we really need 40. And so there's a certain formula that I created that helped me understand, oh, wow, okay, I'm definitely there. And the first thing that I do is I break down what my life would look like in all my expenses if I didn't have any income sources. And that includes also my company car or renting office space. Anything that comes off of the company needs to, that I still need if I'm not working, needs to float into the, um, the column of my expenses, because those are things I would need to live. And I include vacations. I include college tuition. I include everything. And for me, that number came out to around 23,000 a month. And from there, I add on 40%. Why? Because I'm thinking I'm going to be paying some taxes. And so I don't want to just have 43,000 dollars coming. I mean, 23,000 coming in, because if I do that, then what's going to happen is then the tax man's going to come and he's going to take 40% of my money. So I need to make more than that. So I range it from 23 to 30 because I like to also round up because maybe we, we go on an African safari and it costs a little more that year. We do something special or maybe we have an expense. Maybe there's a medical thing that we need extra. We need to put extra money into. So um, I go to 30. Then what I do is I include the taxes. I multiply times 12 to get to my annual number. And at the end of the day, once everything shakes down, I round it to around a half a million dollars a year that I would want. And that's gross because I figure 
they're always, you know, if you own properties and you're a real estate professional, you figured out all these other ideas and, and ways in which we can work with the government within the constructs of what they want us to do, how we can actually, uh, you know, mitigate some of the tax tax liabilities, but still, you know, you want to figure, I figure, okay, if I make 500,000 and let's say I'm not that savvy that year and I get, I get hit pretty hard. I still have 300,000, which leaves me with the 25 net, which aligns pretty nicely with that 23,000 net that I said I needed originally. And so after that, I, uh, what I do is I take that number and I take it into my financial freedom number calculation. And where I, what I do there is I start to look at, okay, if I had $5 million and I spent a half a million a year, that leaves me four and a half million. And if I'm making 10% every year on my money, that means that every year, do you see how my money keeps going back up to that five, that 5 million? right? But if I have 8 million, then I'm taking the 500,000 off and then I have seven and a half million. And then that money keeps going up beyond what I actually need. So I'm actually in three years, I'd make an extra $3 million. So you can actually be making money. Your money's just kind of this, this propeller that just kind of is working for you. So I like to do it that way. I don't, I try to keep all the busyness, crazy IRRs and percentages out of it. I just go with like, what's the number? And you know, we have to include taxes. And then after that, I just do the calculation. And so for me, that really helped me figure out. Now I have friends that, uh, you know, are making a half a million dollars a year. And honestly, their financial freedom number is maybe like 4 million. They just don't spend that much and they don't feel like they need that much more. But I like to really, I like to pad it, especially if I, I'm really never gonna work again. I wanna make sure that, that that money is still generating. And even at 5%, you figure you're still making money on your money. So that's my explanation. And I uh, hope everyone tracked that pretty well. Yeah, no, I, I kind of tracked it. So step one is just add up all your expenses. Uh, of what you've got going on in your world, whether it's rent and car and any expense. Um, And then step two is you multiply that by 40% because Uncle Sam exists in our world, unfortunately, and we have to factor in taxes. And then step three is you multiply that times 12 so we can get an annual number of what you need to create for the year. The reality is the financial freedom number is that magic number of all your expenses plus 40%, what you need a month, that's going to be your nut. And that's a number that we can consider when we start jumping into our real estate investing endeavor to create that passive income. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm really big on creating passive income using different aspects of real estate. Like, Not only do I diversify my properties, I diversify my portfolio. Um, And I'm sure that you do the same. Now, you're a real estate investor. We're on a turnkey podcast. And one of the reasons I'm such a huge fan of turnkey is because I just feel that's one of the fastest ways to acquire rental income without you doing all of the work. So my question to you is, what's in your portfolio that allows you to uh, contribute to your financial freedom number? Absolutely. So my portfolio is about uh, 70% in real estate. I have about 20% in stocks. I have about 1% to 2% in Bitcoin. I have uh, cannabis. I'm big on cannabis right now. I really think that that's 
one of the best, um, one of the new waves in terms of where money's going to be coming into our economy. And, um, and we've just tipped the iceberg. And, um, and I'm also invested in businesses. So I have, a, a, you know, I really spread it around. In terms of real estate, I'm about 80% passive, 20% active. The reason is, is for the exact reason that Mercedes said is, you know, we're busy and we have jobs, we have families, and not everybody wants to deal with active real estate investing. It's a lot. And if you have someone that can say, hey, I'm gonna find you a property and you're gonna make this much a month and you're gonna get this much tax deduction and you're gonna get this much, uh, you're gonna own this much in, an, in your asset column at the end of 30 years, it's kind of, you don't have to do anything. I mean, it's it's pretty much, it's 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 a great avenue, especially when you find a good turnkey operator like Mercedes, where they actually have a track record and you know they're gonna do uh, what they say they're gonna do. And and that's that's gold. So that's that's fabulous, I love that. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of turnkey, but I'm also a big fan of just diversifying in real estate generally. I think what the key here is, you know, so many people, um, they want to do real estate and there's so many moving parts to real estate that if you're new or if you're just getting started, they're gun shy and as they should be, they don't know what they're doing. So my thought process is at the very least, if you don't do anything when it comes to like, you know, adding to that financial freedom for yourself and creating that passive income, all you have to do is buy one property a year, just buy it and hold it, sit on it forever. I always say that my, um, when I buy a property, my holding period is forever because I want to keep that asset performing forever. So yeah, it, it's a great thing to diversify your portfolio uh, in real estate and then out of real estate, anything that allows you to create that passive income. Now, Tamar, I, I know that uh, you and your husband have been married for quite some time. You have older kids. Um, and I know that you guys, I don't know if you work together or your partners, but are you in sync with your husband when it comes to, you know, your financial freedom number and your real estate portfolio? Yeah. So it's interesting. My husband and I, my husband's actually a Hollywood director. And uh, oftentimes when I start talking about my husband, people say, talk more about your husband. He's much more interesting than you are. <laughs> but I won't do that today. Uh, people are always fascinated by, uh, by Hollywood and directors and things like that. But um, he actually is in, we're very in sync financially. We're very in sync in terms of, because there's many modes in terms of being in sync. There's the mode of what is your spending? What are your, what are your needs to purchase, right? Because like sometimes you've got, you know, a husband or a wife that needs a lot of toys and wants a lot of uh, fancy cars or needs to really like always spend the most on a, on a dinner. So we're kind of in sync. We both like nice things. We both live well, but we're not over the top. You know, you don't see me, you won't see me, you know, with a hundred Gucci bags. It's not going to happen. That's just not me, you know? Yeah. And, um, and uh, my husband likes fancy pants. That's what I call him. Cause he likes to spend, he'll spend a couple hundred dollars on fancy pants, but he, but, you know, then he also will go to guilt to buy them sometimes. So you know, we have the same kind of taste, even though we have, even though we have money. So that that's the one aspect. And then the other is in terms of 
you, you know, being able to have a dialogue with your partner in terms of what you want to create. So we both want to feel like we have a, we have more than enough. And that was the one piece just to return in terms of Mercedes. I love the way you, you lined up those steps. The last step in terms of like, let's say you wanted the $500,000 is putting it into that piece in terms of like how much you're going to spend minus your net worth to see how it can keep going up. So like you're not actually spending it down, you're actually keep increasing. So once we got to that number, once I could explain that to my husband um, and uh, and show and show him what we were doing, he you know he was really he's really on board uh, with with most of the um, investment opportunities. Reese, I get some cockamamie ideas sometimes. I've been wanting to buy a um, a house in uh, in Central America. He hasn't been that excited about international purchases. <laughs> But he's fine with with all the national and the refis and all that, and he loves the cannabis industry. So you know, we're we're pretty much in sync. It's a great question, and I, I think it's a great conversation to bring up because you know everybody, a, a lot of us have partners, and that that conversation can make or break our portfolio. And oftentimes, I have friends where they say, "God, I I see this path to investing, but my partner doesn't want me to. They are scared. They don't want to do this." And so, how do you dance together, and how do you make it work where you can educate together and and be on the same path or find um you know safe like something like a turnkey or some kind of investment where it's the risk is really mitigated so they don't feel uncomfortable yeah it's so amazing that you bring that topic up in this light because the number one failure of investors is that their partner is not on the same page and it just creates that first of all, it won't happen. You know, you're not buying a rental property because your partner's not on board with it, which is why I always say, if you just buy one property, let's not even say a year, one property every two years, in the next 20 years, you're going to have 10 properties. So it's like, how can you go wrong? Especially like with real estate, you know, if you buy a property and you buy it right and you hate it, the worst thing that could ever happen is that you sell the property. Now, there could be that chance that you might lose money, but the reality is there's a 95% chance that you'll probably make money if you just buy a probably a property and hold it. I always say to my husband now, I say, don't buy me jewelry, just buy me a piece of real estate. Oh, I love it. I'm going to implement that same thing, <laughs> except I'm the buyer of the family. So that's interesting. So what advice would you give somebody that their partners or their husbands are not on the same page? Like, how do you, how do you lure somebody or your partner into understanding, Hey, this, this is a great way to build passive income. Yeah. I think the first thing is don't be a bully. You know, don't try to, and don't even when, cause when you, once you get, once the light bulb goes off with real estate, you become passionate. And then you're like, we got to do this. We got to do this. Don't you see, come on, come on, come on, come on. And that kind of, that makes the partner pull back. So the, the most important thing I think you can do is have a conversation where you're educating, where you sit down calmly and you say, okay, let's look at this opportunity. Let's look at the risks in stocks. I just had someone yesterday tell me, Oh, my husband thinks stocks are so much, uh, so much less risky than, um, than real estate. Now that's a conversation you could have, you know, where you say, okay, let's look at the stock market. Let's look at this real estate or compromise. Like, okay, let's keep half of it in the stocks. Let's put half of it in a property and let's see what happens. 
You know, I love the let's see what happens. I did that to get my son 20, uh, 15 years ago. It worked like a charm. Let's just see what happens. Okay, guess what? Baby came. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Great point that you say that tomorrow. Okay, so when this whole Bitcoin thing starts, my husband, Matt Terrio, was all about this Bitcoin and crypto. I had no idea. I'm talking like, I don't know, two years ago when it wasn't the fad. And so he said that to me. Oh my God, he bamboozled me. He says, look, let me just lump some money in there and let's see what happens. And oh my God, I'm so glad he did that because what did I do? It grew. I borrowed against it and I bought a property. That's what happened. So with that money, we worked it twice because it grew so much faster. That is a great point. Let's see what happens. I love it. Okay, so we talked about financial freedom number. We talked about how to get in sync with your partner. Let's go back to the financial freedom number. How do you know if and when that number's enough? Mm, yeah, you know, it's interesting because we broke it down in such a way where you can see it on paper, but a lot of times it doesn't feel like it. And I think that that's where that enough piece comes because I think that we're, or the way that we're set up in, in, in our society is to feel like we're constantly yearning. There's always something missing. There's FOMO. There's, uh, there's something around the corner. We need more. We need more. And uh, once we actually let ourselves expand into more, then there's this feeling of, well, is there enough kind of thing or how much is enough? So I think that that piece, like for me, one of it is that last calculation that I talked about where, you know, I know where I'm at a certain amount of millions and I know how much I'm spending every year. And I know that it's, that it's regenerating through my investments. So even if I'm spending money, then, then it's going to be regenerating. But the other piece is allowing myself to be grounded in that. And that's a mindset thing, right? That's the point where you need to say, oh my gosh, breathe, yeah. breathe. We don't need to make money the focus of our whole life here because we, you know, now we can expand. Now we can give like Mercedes and I, we would love the work that we do. We want to share. We want everybody to buy real estate. We want everybody to, to prosper. It really is like we could just be out to lunch right now drinking. Uh, we could be in Hawaii. We could be doing really whatever we want. But we want to be here because we're ser we're serving hearts and we want to make sure like, you know, let yourself like it'll, it, it, give yourself that space to let it be enough to feel like, wow, OK, then what do you do? And um, and once you're there, it really I feel like uh, it's about owning it and looking at the numbers and really understanding that. So that's the, the main thing I can say is that it does take some work because I think we're trained to never feel like there's enough and always, and to be in fear mode. Like, okay, it's enough, but uh, what if I want to go on this vacation or what if something, God forbid, happens to my child and they need extra care and they need extra finances. But, yeah. you know, we need to like kind of release ourselves a little bit from that financial burden because- yeah. Other, and that's the other thing, like a lot of people, you know, we're blessed enough to love what our work. My husband loves his work. But if you don't love your work, you are really um, you are really looking to create a way to get out. And it's very serious because that's your time. You're spending a lot of your time doing something that you don't really love. That's taking care of your family and your needs and the life that you want. And so that getting to that number and owning it so that you can walk away from that and maybe discover something else that brings you joy is really critical. So it, it can really play an important part where you really let yourself say, okay, it's enough. And it's still going to feel uncomfortable because you're going to take 
take a leap. You're going to give up a, um, a W-2 or a business that you don't love. And you're going to take that leap to, to know there's enough here. I'm going to go for something that brings me more joy. Yeah. It often breaks down to taking a leap. And in many cases, you know, people say it's a leap of faith. I don't say real estate is a leap of faith. Real estate is a leap that has tangible numbers tied to it. So if you do the numbers right from the get-go, there's very few things that can go wrong that changes those numbers. Because for the most part, numbers are locked in. Now, we've got, of course, the market in the market, nobody has a crystal ball. We don't know if it goes up or down or how and when, but we do have something called history and history does tend to repeat itself. So real estate is not a leap of faith and neither is financial freedom because if you attach a number to it, there's something solid. You know, you, you mentioned something, Tamar, that, that really resonated for me. Um, when I, I went to UCLA and I, uh, I did education abroad and I lived abroad for almost two years. And, you know, I, I shared, I, I'm Puerto Rican. I was born in the States, raised in Puerto Rico, lived in California most of my life. But the one thing that I learned when I lived in Europe for two years is that Europeans, they work to live. And in America, we live to work. And I finally was able to wrap my head around what financial freedom meant to me and means to me is being able to do whatever I want, whenever I want. That's what financial freedom means to me. So I'm lucky that I've created a podcast and and we help educate people and reach out to those that want to listen. And I'm lucky that I have enough passive income that that pays for my living. Everything else is kind of extra. But I always tell my people, my listeners, my students, my clients, why are you buying this asset? Why are you buying this single family residence or this multifamily unit? Like there has to be a reason why. And if that why is it's helping me achieve that financial freedom number. Great. One of my whys was this home is going to pay for my son's college education. My son is nine years old. And another house of mine is this house cash flow is going to pay for my new car. And so if you tack on a reason, a why, and a number to whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's a turnkey property or whether it's a multifamily unit or whether it's stocks or Bitcoin or crypto or whatever, what's the reason? If you tie that in, that will make your journey to that financial freedom number. It'll help you get there faster, in my humble opinion. I love that. That's so good. Yeah. That is, that is great. And, and it really does. Cause it gives you a very tangible goal instead of, because the financial freedom number is big. I mean, that's a journey. We're not, most of us are not going to get there in even one to five years. It may take us a little longer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so to be able to think of nuggets, each one, each piece, especially, you know, that idea of, I wish I would have known about it earlier about sending my kid to college with a property. I didn't really think of it that way. Now, it actually turned out that when my daughter, my daughter's uh, at University of Denver now, and we did actually have enough cash flow to, you know, that, to cover it and a lot of other things that we do to, um, to, to manage that. 
But uh, but definitely, you know, if you buy one property and specifically set that up, especially when they're young, and then by the time they're eighteen, you'll have the um, the property paid for, and then they can use that that money. That's pretty great. Yeah, I did that very early on, and you know, now he's old enough to understand. He sees his ledger. He sees it come in. He sees the cash flow coming in and he sees it growing. He's already even seen the fact that I did a cash out refinance to pull money out and bought a second house. So the eight year old kid has two houses and he just thinks he's on top of the world. But, you know, little does he know that he's going to have, you know, all of my portfolio when when I'm no longer on this earth. But the reality is um, it's a it's a learning experience. I'm teaching him with tangible things. And so I even one month went to the bank and I pulled out what the actual cash flow was so he could see it like so he could identify with okay i'm cash flowing 297 dollars a month and he had 297 dollars a month in front of him and i said to him this is going to pay for your college so it's an amazing that's so good i love that i mean what a great we didn't we didn't we weren't really even thinking about talking about our kids and what it means but i mean when you think about your financial freedom number a lot of it a lot of this has to do with you know our legacy and not only that but caring for the people that we love our children and uh i know i i, I was sharing with my son a couple of days ago on an investment that um that's been paying really well and a multi-family deal that that i put him in and i love because he was looking at me and then he thought well you're gonna make this much money from that and you're not doing any work and i said that's right and he said how do you meet that person and I love that question because he started getting curious about, yeah, it's about partnerships. Like, how did you find that person to do all that for you? And you give them $20,000 and then all of a sudden you're going to make this money. Yeah. It's all of these mastermind groups, networking, connections, real estate. It's a people business and you just want to always be connecting with people because you never know what might come about that connection. It's so great. Tamar, if somebody um, was on the fence and needed that nudge to help figure out that financial freedom number, what's the one piece of advice, not the steps that we talked about, but the one piece of advice that you would give to that person to say, you know, just dive into figuring out what that number is for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say think about the power of your relationship with money and think about really how how valuable it really can be for your life for your family for everything that you care about and let and it really is a personal responsibility because you know money's our tool that's how we are exchanging goods and services right right now right there might be something else later on but um, but right now i mean this is our currency and so it's very important i think to look at it and to let yourself be okay with that, that, you know, that you might have a little way to go, or you might even find you're there. I mean, I have had this conversation with clients and they're like, oh, we're there. We have that money. I'm like, yes. And then they have to dive in and really own it and really understand like, oh my God, like we're actually there. And, um, and, you know, I think I would say to my husband and I, you know, I, I say we were financially free before we even really knew it because we weren't willing to like take responsibility and look at it. We were so in the rat race. We're like, we got to make more. We got to make more. We got to keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And, you know, we still do that because we love our life and because we want to, but not because we have to. The rat race is one of those things, man. It'll suck you in. And to get out of it, you really have to make a conscious effort. 
Uh, Tamar, if someone wanted to know more about you and wanted to learn about what you do for them, how do they reach out to you? Yeah, absolutely. They can just go onto my website, wealthwarriorwoman, W-O-M-A-N.com. And also, uh, or at Wealth Warrior Woman, W-O-M-A-N, on Instagram is a great place to catch me because I'll check my messages there. And uh, yeah, I like men. I like women. I like everybody. <laughs> Couples are great. So, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm here to serve just like Mercedes. Um, you know, no matter where you are, no matter who you are, we all deserve to be uh, financially free. Yeah, you do a really good job at breaking it down to like, edible material where your brain can wrap their heads around just, uh, you know, finances when it's not always, uh, not always easy to comprehend and not always easy to get your partner on board. Thank you so much for blessing us with your wisdom and for sharing all of the golden nuggets that you have in that amazing brain of yours. Thank you for joining us on Turnkey Tuesdays. So my friends, that is it for today. I hope you enjoyed this amazing episode that Tamar provided for us, just about really finding your financial freedom number and connecting and just getting in sync with your partner. That will make a true difference for you. For more information on how to connect on just with Cashflow Savvy and Turnkey Tuesday, feel free to go to cashflowsavvy.com, download the Frustrated Investor's Guide to Passive Income, or reach out to me directly on the contact me, send me an email, and I will reach out to you. That's it for this week. Have a great day on Turnkey Tuesday, where cashflow is king. Is Wall Street failing to meet your expectations? Has your 401k tragically turned into a 201k or worse? Don't panic. You don't have a money problem. You have an idea problem. We're CashflowSavvy.com, and we'd like to share with you a new idea how one small shift can transform your financial future and accelerate its arrival. Go to CashflowSavvy.com to get this new idea that Wall Street doesn't want you to know about. CashflowSavvy.com. More control, less risk. CashflowSavvy.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.